You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Professor Douglas Allard's 22-minute, 31-second armchair audio theatre company presents The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Abridged by Professor Douglas Allard. B.A. Ons. The Great Gatsby is a fascinating book. It is lively, vibrant, bristling, and surprisingly short, particularly for a novel with the word great in its title, just saying. Its author, F. Scott Fitzgerald, is one of America's most celebrated writers. His wild, flamboyant lifestyle epitomised the flamboyant and wild jazz age of the 1920s, a a whirl of parties, cocktails and dancing, which clearly didn't leave him a lot of time for writing and explains why The Great Gatsby is a mere 47,094 words long. And apparently, it took him over a year to write it. Which means he only wrote 192 words a day. Now, the average typing speed of an average person is 40 words a minute, and so, even if he was a bit slow, although as a celebrated writer, you would hope his typing was a bit better than just two finger tapping, this means that he only put in about four minutes work a day. Four minutes. However, if Jazz Age America is your thing, but you don't have the two hours and 58 minutes that it takes to read The Great Gatsby, then my 22 minute, 31 second armchair audio theatre company is about to bring it to you in just 22 minutes and 31 seconds. All you have to do is download, sit back and listen. The story is set in 1922 on Long Island, New York, and is narrated in the first person by Nick Carraway, a young naive man who, whilst not rich himself, knows a lot of rich people. In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since. Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, he told me, just remember that all the people in the world haven't had the advantages that you've had. He didn't say any more, but we've always had Nick, the... Daisy? You're talking to yourself, darling. Oh, sorry. I find that I do that a lot at the moment. Oh, Nick, you're such an absurdly odd darling, darling. Come into my simply gorgeous house and meet my absolute best friend in the world. She's an absolute total darling, darling, and simply the best champion golf player ever. War! Isn't she just the most? And this is Tom. He's my husband. Who's this? This is Nick. He's my cousin or something, I think. What do you do, Nick? Hi, Tom. Pleased to meet you. I'm a bond man in New York City and... You mean you work? God! That's what's wrong with this country. Civilization's going to pieces. I read this book about it. The white man is being utterly submerged. Can you say stuff like that? Why, sure you can, Nick, darling. It's 1922. Racism isn't even a thing yet. Well, I don't know about that. And it's all scientific. Let's talk about something else, shall we? Sure. How's the baby, Daisy? What's the baby, Daisy? No, you're Daisy, and I thought you had a baby. Gee, yes, we did. It should be around here somewhere. Four! 
So, where do you live, Nick? Why, I live over the bay from you folks here in East Egg. You live in West Egg? Ugh. Oh, you poor darling darling. West Egg is so unfashionable. I just hope you live in the huge place with the tower and the swimming pool and the grounds and the gardens. No, I live in the shack next door. That huge place with the tower and the swimming pool and all the grounds and gardens belongs to Mr. Gatsby. Gatsby? Who's Gatsby? Ah, oh, there she is. Who's a little darling, darling, darling? I better get that telephone. Hi, I'm Jordan. You must be the cousin or something. Jordan's a slender, small-breasted girl with an erect carriage, which she accentuates by throwing her body backward at the shoulders like a young cadet. Hey, mister, you're talking to yourself. Oh, sorry. Just hush. I want to listen in on the phone call. Tom's got some woman in New York. Really? Sure, everyone knows it. Right, everyone. I've put the baby somewhere. Down? Yes, down! So, now let's all be terribly gay and have cocktails. And Nick, I'll fling you together with Jordan and arrange a marriage and... As I was saying, who's Gatsby? I know Jay Gatsby, but I don't know a thing about him. I don't know a thing about anything. None of the world's going to hell. I'm going to bed. I'm so thrillingly miserable. Thanks for a lovely evening. I was confused and a little disgusted as I left them. It seemed to me that... What's he going on about? He talks to himself. Weirdo. So you get the idea. That's the first couple of chapters, which probably took about two months to actually write. Just saying. Fitzgerald then goes on for some reason about an optician's billboard with a big pair of eyes. You'd think the speed he wrote he'd want to get on to the next good bit. Which is Tom and Nick meeting on a train. West Egg to New York, New York! All aboard! Caraway! Tom, this is an unexpectedly random chance meeting on a train. You're going to the city? Yes, I have a meeting with my... Come on, we're getting off. I want you to meet my girl. Why on earth would you want that? We hardly know each other. <laughs> because it's a sort of impulsively entitled thing men like me do. Now come on. For some reason, I follow him over a low, whitewashed railway fence to a rundown-looking garage. Repairs. George B. Wilson. Cars bought and sold. Inside, it's unprosperous and bare. Hello, Wilson. How's business? Terrible, Mr. Buchanan, sir. Well, never mind. Where's your wife? There are footsteps on the stairs, and in a moment the thickish figure of a woman blocks out the light from the office door. Here she is, Mr. Buchanan, sir. She's in her middle thirties and faintly stout, but carries her flesh sensuously, as some women can. Who's he talking to? Oh, that's just Nick. Ignore him. Say, Myrtle, aren't you going to the city today to... See your sister? Why, sure. George, honey, I forgot to tell you. I'm going to the city today to see my sister. Oh, okay. You have a good time now. <laughs> she will. I had a woman up last week to look at my feet, and when she gave me the bill, you'd have thought she had my appendicitis out. I like your dress. I think it's adorable. Get some more ice and mineral water, Myrtle. I told that boy about the ice. Just adorable. These people, you have to keep after them all the time. Hello, I'm Catherine. Hi, Catherine. I'm Nick. Hi, Nick. Hello, Catherine. Why do they keep saying their names? Uh, so we know who they are, stupid. <laughs> so, Nick, you live down on Long Island, too? Yes, Catherine. Who are you calling stupid? I live at West Egg. Ugh. Really? I was 
was down there at a party at a man named Gatsby's. I live next door to him. In a shack. Well, they say he's a nephew or a cousin of Kaiser Wilhelm's. That's where all the money comes from. Myrtle, get the ice. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. You know, neither Tom nor Myrtle can stand the person they're married to. I only married my husband because I thought he was a gentleman. But he's so dumb he doesn't even know he's alive. <laughs> Tom's the first sweetie she ever had. Yeah, just like your wife. Don't talk about my wife. We're crazy about each other. I'll talk about your wife. You don't talk about my wife. Your wife, your wife, your wife. Take that. Ah, just crazy. Well, that was some party. So, anyway, it's the next day. Oh, hello, Mr. Carraway? Your neighbor, Mr. Gatsby, would be honored if you would attend a little party he's holding tonight. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? I had a woman up last week to look at my feet, and when she gave me the bill, you'd have thought she had my appendicitis out. I like your dress. I think it's adorable. Yes, Dad! Do you come to these parties often? I was brought. Who brought you? You don't know who we are, but we met you here about a month ago. Most people were bought. I like to come. I never care what I do, so I always have a good time. Somebody told me they thought Gatsby killed a man once. I heard he was a German spy in the war. No, I heard he was in the American army in the war. Well, I heard he was a bootlegger. Skinny dipper. Cotton picker. Coin flipper. Ass licker. Gun runner. And I bet he killed a man. Four! Ow! Hello, Nick. Hello, Jordan. Let's get out, Nick. This is much too polite for me. We get up and go look for our host. The bar is crowded, but Gatsby isn't there. So we move outside through the throng of gaily dressed- Darling, you're doing it again. Sorry. You folks having a good time? Yes, but we can't find the host. I live over there. In the shack? Yes, and this man Gatsby sent me an invitation. But I'm Gatsby, old sport. Hi, Gatsby. Hi, Jordan. Gatsby smiled with one of those rare smiles with a quality of eternal reassurance in it. This is Nick. He talks to himself. Hello, old sport. Mr. Gatsby, Chicago is calling you on the wire. Do excuse me. So that's Gatsby. That's Gatsby. What does he do? Gives large parties, and I like large parties. They're so intimate. Good night, everyone! Adorable crash. And that's the start of the summer when everyone comes to Gatsby's house. And Fitzgerald names them all. On and on, pages of names. And that's what they call great writing? Just saying? Well, that was another swell party. A swell party. And you know, you're a pretty swell gal, Jordan. And you're a pretty swell sort of guy, Nick. Tell me a quick flashback type of story about how you know my cousin or something, Daisy Buchanan. Well, Daisy Faye was just about the prettiest, most popular gal in Louisville, with a white roadster and a telephone that rang all day long, with calls from excited young officers from Camp Taylor, who demanded- I said a quick flashback story. Oh, sure. So this one time, I saw her in her white roadster with a handsome soldier I had never seen before. They were real engrossed in each other, but then she saw me. Oh, Jordan, I didn't see you there. Come and meet my new friend. Pleased to meet you, mister. Um, G Gatsby, uh, Lieutenant J. Gatsby. <gasps> Gatsby! I know! So what happened? Well, he kind of zipped himself up. I mean after. 
with Daisy and him. Oh, well, he went off to the war, and poor Daisy was heartbroken for absolutely weeks. But then she met Tom Buchanan, got over it, and got married, and they went off on a three-month trip to the South Seas. Nice. So why didn't she marry Gatsby? I guess she guessed he wasn't rich enough. But he's plenty rich. He wasn't back then, so I guess she guessed she'd marry Tom after all. Is that your guess? I guess, and guess what? What? Gatsby asked me to ask you to ask Daisy to tea. With Gatsby? With you. Why? So he can ask you to ask him to join. Me? And Daisy. Why doesn't he just ask you to ask Daisy? Dunno. Shall I ask him why he asked me to ask you? No, I'll just ask Daisy. Be simpler. Her wan, scornful mouth smiles, and so I draw her up again, closer this time to my face, and... <clears throat> Sorry. <sighs> they kiss. Nothing explicit. Moving on. Hello, old sport. Hello, Gatsby. Everything ready for tea with Daisy? I bought some lemon cakes. Great. You're not very rich, are you? I work in bonds. I carry on a little business on the side, and if you're not making much, you might pick up a nice bit of money. It's her. What about the job? Is this where you live? It's deliciously frightful, darling. I don't know how you... Gatsby? Daisy. For half a minute, there isn't a sound. I certainly... Wait! I certainly am awful glad to see you again, Gatsby. There is another pause. Only shorter this time. Daisy and I, we've met before. Gatsby and me, we haven't met for many years. Five years, next November. I'll make tea! <laughs> for some reason. And amid the welcome confusion of cups and cakes, a certain physical decency establishes itself, and so I go back in. I don't know what's been happening, but... Daisy's face is smeared with tears which she's wiping away with her handkerchief. Hello, old sport. Daisy and I, we were just saying... It stopped raining. Yes, it, it was raining. But now it isn't. No, it stopped. Yes. It's not raining. Frankly, I can't see what's so upsetting about the weather. I want you and Daisy to come over to my huge, enormous, rich, sumptuous mansion. You mean the huge, enormous, rich, sumptuous mansion next door? That's the one. Oh, Gatsby, I'd love to. Oh, Jay, I adore it. It's so elegant, so stylish, and so very enormous, rich and sumptuous. Of course it is. I'm exceedingly rich and enormous and sumptuous. And I have lots of cars and people to buy my shirts and... Mr. Gatsby, Detroit is calling you on the wire. Oh, uh, do you excuse me? Oh, but they are such lovely shirts. I really think I should be going. Say hi to Tom for me. Who's Tom? I go home, determined to do something about my compulsive auto-narration, and resolve not to see or hear Gatsby for some several weeks. And he doesn't. And there's a lot of backstory stuff about uh, a reporter from New York who finds out that Gatsby was a poor kid from North Dakota called James Gatz, who ran into a multi-millionaire, became his secretary, changed his name to Jay Gatsby and got his money when he died. And there's pages of stuff about the platonic conception of himself as the son of God or something. I mean, that sentence alone would have taken Fitzgerald half a day. Just saying. But then, finally, Gatsby has another party. Yep, and we get back on with the story. I had a woman up last week to look at my feet, and when she gave me the billion, I thought she had my appendicitis out. Oh, Gatsby, it's wonderful, magical. 
So many fabulous people here. Oh, Nick will probably list them all for you. Well, there's the Corrigans and the Kelleher. And of course, he does list them all for you. And while he's doing that, we can listen to a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome back to Abridged Too Far, The Great Gatsby, where F. Scott Fitzgerald, the great writer, is writing a great long list of names. <sighs> Honestly. Penny McClanahan and young Brewer had his nose shot off in the war and... <laughs> I don't know any of these people. We don't get around very much. Well, Tom, I think they're all perfectly fascinating. And I want to go dance. I want to go eat. I want to go drink. Gatsby, come dance with me. Mr. Gatsby, Hicksville, South Dakota is calling you on the wire. I want another cocktail. You've had enough goddamn cocktails. Who is this Gatsby? He's a bootlegger. Get me another goddamn cocktail. Banker. Moonshiner. Murderer. Spy. I want another cocktail. And I want to know who he is and what he does, and I'm going to make it my business to find out. No! Lush. And that's how the last party ends. The lights in his house did and will fail to go on on Saturday nights, and gradually I do will become aware that the automobiles which did used to turn expectantly into his drive before, now will did stay for just a minute before driving, drove, or will drive sulkily away. In an attempt to work out the timeline and the grammar, and to see if Gatsby were, was, or will be sick, Nick did will went over to find out. Four minutes a day. Just saying. The door was opened by an unfamiliar butler with a villainous, squinting face. Who the hell are you talking to, sir? Sorry, is Mr. Gatsby here? I was, am, will be left as syntactically confused as ever until next day the telephone will did ring. Hello, old sport. Gatsby, are you well? I guess. I I'm calling because Daisy asked me to ask you to lunch. With you? With Daisy. Why didn't Daisy ask me herself? You want me to ask her? No. Okay, let's just go to lunch. Hello, Tom. Uh, it's you. Hello, sport. Gatsby. Nick. Jordan. Daisy. Jordan. Gatsby. Daisy. Nick. Okay. I guess you better come in. It's so hot. It's too hot. Let's drive into the city for no reason. Oh, very well. Gatsby, I'll drive your big yellow car. You drive mine. Why? Just because. I'll drive with Gatsby. In which car? The big yellow one? No, the big yellow car is Gatsby's car. Which you're going to drive? Yes. Why the hell are you going to drive with Gatsby? Because. Just. I don't like this Gatsby. He ain't what he seems to be. And what does he seem to be? I don't know, Jordan and Nick. But I do know that whatever he seems to be, he ain't. And his big yellow car is almost out of gas. And look at those eyes staring at us from that billboard. What's that got to do with anything? Probably nothing. Just a macabre example of literary symbolism. Let's stop at this garage coming up and buy some gas. Hmm. It's Wilson's garage. From before. Fill her up, Wilson. 
Yes, Mr. Buchanan, sir. How are you, Mr. Wilson? Oh, better now that I'm fixing to leave, because I just wise up to something funny going on, and I'm taking my wife out west. What? West. Damn! That's a dollar twenty you owe me, Mr. Buchanan. And off they race to New York City to meet Gatsby and Daisy in Gatsby's car, which is big and yellow. It's so hot here in New York City's Plaza Hotel. It's too hot. Forget the heat. You make it ten times worse crabbing about it. Why not let her alone, old sport? Who are you calling old sport? You, old sport. Open the whiskey, Tom. Gatsby's foot beat a short, restless tattoo, and Tom eyed him sullenly. That's not helping, Nick. Sorry. What kind of row are you trying to cause in my house anyway? Please, Tom. Have a little self-control. Self-control! I suppose the latest thing is to sit back and let Mr. Nobody from nowhere make love to your wife. People begin by sneering at family institutions and next they'll throw everything overboard. And have intermarriage. Are we sure racism isn't a thing yet? Your wife doesn't love you, Tom. She never has. She loves me. Ha! You're crazy. She only married you because I was poor and she was tired of waiting for me. What? Daisy, are you really that shallow? Uh, yes, I guess. Sorry, my bad. You never loved me. I don't know. Maybe. Sorta. But I kind of love him too. As well. I guess. Sorta. Daisy's leaving you, Tom. No, she isn't. Not when I told her about your bootlegging and drugstores and betting scams and being the nephew or a cousin of Kaiser Wilhelm. No! As well as a skinny-dipping, cotton-picking, coin-flipping, arse-licking gunrunner. It's not true! And I have it on excellent authority that he is also a moonshiner murdering spy! Oh! Gatsby! Daisy! Yes. You two go on home. He won't annoy you. His presumptuous little flirtation is over. Go on home! In your own car. The big yellow one. And we'll follow behind your big yellow car in our car. Which is big, but not yellow. Hey, I just remembered, today's my birthday. Nick, darling, shut up. So now they go back to East Egg. What's this in the road? A hat? No, but it's something. Something bad. And whatever it is, it's just outside Mr. Wilson's garage. From before. What's happened? Myrtle Wilson, that stoutly sensuous wife of the garage owner? She got run down. No! Yes, hit by a car. What kind of car? It were big. And yellow? Never even stopped. Wilson's real cut up about it. I just hope no one tells him whose big yellow car that was. Uh, quick, let me through. I need to go talk with Wilson about, uh, something. Tom Buchanan dropped me back. And I have to say, I was pretty sick of a lot of them. Even Gatsby. Hello, old sport. Go away, Gatsby. I'm pretty sick of you, and I know you spun a web of deceit because you love Daisy. And she loves me. But now she loves Tom. Even though she 
kind of still loves me. And Tom loves her, even though he kind of also loved Myrtle Wilson, who Daisy just ran over in your big yellow car. Which I'm gonna say I was driving, because I still love her! That's Daisy, not Myrtle Wilson, right? Right. Right, because Myrtle Wilson loved Tom and not her husband. Although her husband loved her. Yeah, and he's gonna be mighty crazy with grief, particularly when he sees those big eyes looking at him like the all-seeing eyes of God. I think you're reading too much into those eyes, old sport. It's just an advertising hoarding. Anyway, I'm just gonna lie here by my pool and stare over to the little green light at the end of the dock by Daisy's house. Okay. Well, good night, Gatsby. They're a rotten crowd. You're worth the whole damn bunch put together. Good night, old sport. Why, hello there, Mr. Wilson. Gatsby, God sees everything. And that's how it ends. Gatsby shot dead by Wilson, who then shoots himself. Ow! Daisy and Tom left East Egg that day. No forwarding address. I telephoned to all of Gatsby's old crowd. No replies. I tried to find his old business associates. No one wanted to talk to me. So it fell to me to arrange Jay Gatsby's funeral. No one came. Except two people who did. And me, which was three, four with the minister. But that was it. And that's it. The Great Gatsby. All 47,094 words of it. Of course, there are some bits I left out, uh, a few disreputable details about Gatsby's business associates, and Nick Carraway's relationship with Jordan Baker. Spoiler alert, it doesn't end well. And there's lots of descriptive stuff about significant smiles and elemental and profound looks between the main characters. But other than that, not an awful lot really happens. But thanks for listening. The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald was abridged too far by me, Professor Douglas Allard, with the help of David Spicer. The voices you heard were Julian Ball, Barbara Barnes, Stacia Hicks, David Menkin, Caroline Rogers, and Ben Starr. The audio production was by John Schwab. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.